welcome to a City of Reading podcast. Today we are here with Josh Watkins from Reading Water Utility. He's going to give us an update on where we are with stage two restrictions right now. So Josh, maybe you can tell us what happened at the last Reading City Council meeting. Why did it go to City Council and where are we now? Yeah, so at the last council meeting, the City Council voted 5-0 to move to stage two of our water shortage contingency plan. It was definitely to be expected. Uh, The governor came out about a month ago and said that uh, he recommended that all water agencies move to stage two. And he's asking the state water resources control board uh, to consider that. And so really we're a couple weeks ahead of even the state board considering the same thing, but based on our, on our water supply, that we get from the bureau and the you know lack of rain that we've had this year. It's the third year of dry winters and the third year of a drought. So based on all of those factors, we recommended going into stage two and um, the, the council agreed. So what that really means is the main change is limiting days that you're allowed to water your landscape. So based on your, your address, that's uh, it's three days a week and it's either Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, or Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, based on uh, either the even or an odd address. And we give you hours uh, either from 9 p.m. to midnight or from midnight to 7 a.m. Great. Thanks, Josh. With these new regulations for stage two that the community is being asked to abide by, what is the city doing to also abide by these regulations? The city is doing everything they can to to meet the regulations also. So as you can imagine, our our park facilities and city buildings and facilities they use water we have a, especially with our parks we have a lot of grass areas turf areas play areas and landscaping and vegetation that, that goes with it and which obviously makes the the park such a, a nice feature um, but those uh, all those facilities they've shut off their watering on mondays which is consistent with with stage two and then they're looking to also meet that up to a 20% uh, conservation goal. So they've cut back the, you know, the length of time that they'll be irrigating. And uh, they're also trying to follow the, the, the same days of the week based on addresses. It can get a little complicated on what the actual address is of a park site. And, and some of them are really big, you know, Caldwell Park. It's a, it's a big area. So they're, they're going to have to do some things to make sure that they can, they can get through all their irrigation stations. But they knew this was coming. It's something they've done before in the previous drought. And so they're doing a really great job of um, trying to get ahead of everything. And we're planning to lead lead the way as the city um, in our community. And Josh, going back to the watering hours, just for a second, I know Pro Tem Mazzano touched on it, but we're also getting some feedback on social media asking like, where did those watering, recommended watering hours come from that nine to, to midnight and then midnight to 7 a.m.? If people water outside of those hours, say like 8 p.m. or 8 a.m., how strict is that? To answer the first part of the question, those hours were recommended by the state during the last drought. We settled on those during the the 2014-2015 era, last time we were in stage two. We are really focused on eliminating water waste. And while we have these hours, if you have an irrigation timer, it's not that big of a deal. If you are only hand watering, that's going to be a little more difficult. But if you are hand watering, we would recommend that if you can, if you're either your finances allow or if you have the, the ability 
to get an irrigation timer so you can so you make these changes a little more easily and comply. So we are we're not going to be out there you know, looking for people who are watering it at uh, 845. We're not looking for that. We're looking to educate our community members and our water customers. And we're really looking to eliminate that water waste. So that's what we're focusing on. We do have the ability to, to administer fines in stage two. And that would go through the, the city's uh, administrative hearing process. But once again, we're really looking to educate and work with people. And we think if you know if you cut back some of your outdoor irrigation, mostly it's it's irrigating your grass. If if people cut back on timers and uh, go to the three days a week watering, we should easily meet that ten and up to twenty percent conservation number. Now, Josh, the city is asking the community to to report potential water waste, whether they see it you know in a neighborhood or in a commercial or, or business or even at city properties by going to cityreading.org and selecting in the top right corner the I want to report and then there's a water waste form. Can you talk to us a little bit about that process? What happens when a community member submits that form? Who does it go to? How is it addressed? What you know what type of timeliness comes into play with getting those water waste violations, if you will, addressed? Yeah, so those those requests or complaints, they come in uh, to us daily. We send out a, a notice to the property owner immediately. Depending on how severe it sounds like the, the water waste is, we could even send somebody out to, uh, to take a look at it. We have received so many in the past, and we are anticipating that we are going to be receiving quite a few of these reports. So the first step is for us to, to send out the notice that first identifies that they've been reported, their address has been re- reported as, as wasting water. It'll summarize what, what the rules are now. And a lot of times people don't realize it. You know, if, they're, if their irrigation is running in the middle of the night, maybe, maybe they don't know that it's spraying onto the street or, or the sidewalk more than it should be. Uh, so we do, we do act on those immediately and it, it starts the process. There's a lot of eyes out there. So if we continue to get reports on specific addresses, then we can take it to the the next step and physically contact the person or um, do what we can to eliminate the problem as it is. And you touch on a good point there, Josh, that, you know, if people are watering in the middle of the night, they may not know that they have a water leak. And I know that the city of Reading actually does do water testing during daylight hours to make sure that they can take a look at all the sprinklers and make sure that nothing's malfunctioning. Would you also suggest that community members do something similar? Yeah, there'd be no harm. To that you can hit the manual feature on or a test feature on your irrigation controller and, and run through. I mean, you should be doing that to make sure that things are getting watered or not getting watered as appropriate. So, yeah, so, so we would recommend that. And that is a good point for city facilities. Our park staff, even though they do start pretty early in the morning, uh, we do work during daylight hours, you know, for the most part. So they are going to be out there. You might be driving by a park sometime and the sprinklers could be going, but it's it's going to be for a short period of time. You're usually going to see a, a city of Reading staff member or a, a truck out there that's with the city's logo on it um, to show you that you know that they are they are working on something or or, t- or testing or checking the irrigation. Josh, with regard to hydrant flushing, you know sometimes you'll be driving through the community and you'll see city staff actively flushing hydrants where a good amount of water is coming out of the hydrant into the street. Can you talk to us a little bit about that process? What is it? Why is it necessary? And I guess why is that not considered water waste? Yeah, anything related to to either health or water quality or the the general operation of our system is is not considered water waste. So when we're flushing hydrants, it's to enhance water quality. And so we get iron and manganese 
uh, deposits that naturally this, these uh, minerals are in the water when it's in the ground. And as we pump it out of the ground and it gets into the, the water mains, sometimes those minerals deposit into the lines. And um, if something happens and the water changes direction in a pipe, whether from somebody using a, a fire hydrant in a fire or a contractor filling up a water truck or a main break, sometimes we can, can we say stir up the system and, and we get some brown water calls. So in those instances, we're flushing out enough water that we, we take care of the problem and really, but we're focusing on, on water quality. So we've had a, we've had a flushing program that we've been doing the last couple of months that's ending. And so going forward, uh, we'll only be flushing hydrants really to address localized water quality problems. And um, so you, you probably won't, I would imagine the community members are, are not going to be seeing hydrant flushing very often anymore. We have had some recent rain, which everybody I think was very glad to see. And, and, you know, I've been reading some stories about the snowpack being in a better place than it was, you know, a few weeks ago, but that still doesn't change our drought conditions necessarily. If conditions worsen in Shasta County, do you, do you envision stage three happening this summer? Probably not this summer. We think based on our, our water supply, we get it from the, the U.S. Bureau of Reclamation and the quantity that we can we can pump out of our groundwater wells. And as I mentioned before, we're over a very healthy groundwater basin. It's the, the groundwater levels uh, recover year in and year out, regardless of whether they're dry years or wet years. So we're very blessed to uh, to be located where we are. So we're anticipating that we have we have enough water to get us through this year uh, with our our limited surface water and then um, our, our groundwater wells. So plus obviously this, the benefits that we're going to get from this conservation being in stage two. So we feel like it was, as we all come together and, and, and get through this summer, I don't think things are going to change that drastically that we would move into a stage three. But one big piece as we're talking about is the conservation that comes with stage two. And so we are obviously you know pushing and and expecting that we're going to get some savings from everybody. That's great. Thanks, Josh. Uh, one other question there, you know, there's some confusion with the city of Reading being in stage two currently and our neighboring water district, Bella Vista, being in stage five with maybe a bit more restrictions as a result of that. Questions around new development and water restrictions around that development. Will there be any changes that you anticipate for the city of Reading new development moving forward due to the drought conditions? No, we would have to get, I think, into our stage five or maybe even stage six before we have a moratorium on uh, you know new houses, water meters. So we're quite a ways away from that. There is always that confusion with our water utility versus our, our neighbors. There are some city residents that are in the Centerville Water District and they're in stage three, but they only have four stages. So they're at, uh, you know, I think a 40% uh, conservation uh, target. So it is important to know who your water provider is and exactly what your circumstances are. And then one question that we get a lot after we get past the which days and, and what hours you can water on. Uh, but a question that, that we get quite often is, you know, how much water am I allowed to use? And unlike Bella Vista, we don't have we don't have a quantity that everybody is allotted. So what we're looking for is eliminating water waste and as, as we've mentioned, by, by adjusting your outdoor irrigation, we feel that, that everybody can make that 10 to 20% water conservation goal. And so I guess if you are a 
customer and you're looking at your bill, is your personal goal to take your reading and try to reduce that amount? That would be a good way to do it. Uh, on your bill, you can see the, the previous usages and, and, and look back to the, even the previous year. So that information is on there and you can compare to what you use, say, you know, last April or May and June going forward. So that is a, a good way to do it. Unfortunately, we only, we read the meters once a month. And by the time you get the bill, you're, it, it's always kind of looking in the past. So it's kind of like driving, you know, looking in your rear view mirror, but by making the, the changes to your irrigation controller and the days that you're watering, I think you're immediately going to see these reductions based on last year's usage. Josh, is there anything else, any kind of questions that you're fielding from the community or anything else that maybe be confusing for community members that you want to clear up right now? As, as we've talked about with the reporting water waste, we have that feature. You can always give us a call at 530-224-6068. And we answer that uh, during business hours. We have an answering service that'll take the calls after hours. So if you, if you do see water waste, you can always report it that way. And uh, specifically for city facilities, with the number of people that we have out in our parks and, and you know, on city property, um, things get broken. You know, sometimes bikes run over sprinkler heads and we don't always know about that immediately. So we are really counting. And in the past, we, we do get a good response and, and people let us know when there's problems. So just because you know, if you do see water waste, don't, you know, don't think that the city's not doing it if it's on our if it's on our facility or on our property. Sometimes parks facilities workers, sometimes they only get to a park once a week. And so we can react and make repairs much quicker if people do report these things to us. Some of our state highways that run through town are, are maintained by Caltrans. So if you're unsure on, on who is responsible for the irrigation um, and the maintenance of, of some of those areas, even if you contact us and it's not us, we're going to forward it on to Caltrans or say it was a, a county building and, and they had an irrigation problem, we would we would find the uh, the appropriate party to notify. So like I said, feel free to give us a call, uh, send us an email through the, the link on the website. And we're all in this together and we're really looking at eliminating that water waste. And so that's what our goal is going to be this year. That's great. Well, thanks so much, Josh. As always, we appreciate the time and thanks for helping to educate the community on the current state of the water. And, and for those listeners, be sure to go to cityofreading.org slash water for more information on various stages and how they can learn some conservation tips. 